Welcome to Community Association Car Chat. The number one nationally recognized community association video podcast. Join your host, David Velasco and Steve Roderick, advisors at JGS Insurance, a Baldwin Risk partner, every Monday as they catapult the multifamily industry forward by providing education and information about a host of topics that affect the community association world today. You can watch the show every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern live on LinkedIn or listen wherever you get your podcast as Dave and Steve give you your weekly dose of laughter and learning from the best in the industry. Let's get into this week's episode with our very special guest. Well, good morning, David. It is a glorious Monday and I'm very, very excited. I'm so glad that you guys worked so hard on the schedule because I think I can help you out here. All right. So let's see who we have today uh, as our guest. I'm very pleased to present Todd Spooner and he is the Chief Revenue Officer over at Kings 3 Emergency Communications. Todd, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell our viewers a little bit about yourself and your company? What do you guys do over there at Kings 3? Good morning, gentlemen. Um, I'm going to ask you a question right back. I always do it. Have you ever been trapped in an elevator? Um, kind of, but not for a very long time. Yeah, kind of on purpose. Yeah, well, you'd be surprised how many people have. So at Kings 3, we provide a turnkey emergency solution for monitoring in elevators and common area help phones. So if you're ever trapped, if that phone gets pressed, hopefully we're the ones answering. We manufacture, install, and maintain that equipment 24-7 nationwide. Today, we monitor over 100,000 phones across the country. We hope that we're the ones on the other line that for any reason you're trapped or need help with one of those common area help phones. So it's funny you say that because I was thinking so most of the people I've had conversation about this topic before have been trapped in elevators at one point or another. But we yeah. deal with a lot of people that live in high rise and I have the nasty habit of always trying to take the steps. So... <laughs> uh, Last time I was in Santa City, I actually got trapped in an, uh, the staircase. It was exit only. I could not get back to the floor. So I ended up having to go down 33 floors by foot because I couldn't get back into the building. Yeah, that's that's why definitely to be a problem. And, and that's what I refer to sometimes as our common area help phones. In, in the industry, they also call those area of refuge. So sometimes buildings will have those types of phones on certain floors in case you're trapped in there too. Yeah. Oh, see, I got trapped in the stairs, not in the elevator. Trapped so is trapped. Nobody trapped? likes to be trapped. <laughs> now, what's the kind of challenges that property managers face regarding the emergency communication when it comes to, you know, somebody's trapped in an elevator or something else? Yeah. The, the first thing that comes to mind for, for us that we talked to a lot of uh, management companies about is really the reliability and maintenance around the phones. All of these are an electronical component, right? So if they're getting touched and pushed and could be in bad weather, they deteriorate over time and True. issues can occur. So it's that regular testing and maintenance around those phones that are absolutely critical. The other item is around compliancy, uh, at least for elevator phones, you have to have an emergency monitoring service in an elevator by code compliancy. So if you don't have that, your elevator can get shut down. So it's pretty important that not only that it works, but the phone is being answered in a way that meets the code requirement. Lastly, just around cost management. Sometimes maybe the phone equipment itself, even more important, is maybe a future risk around an entrapment and risk and liability, which is a really big thing for uh, property managers. As you know, anytime you step foot on someone's site, you have a potential issue with some type of risk and liability or somebody making a claim against you that might not be true. Wow. 
Okay, that brings up a couple of good points. I I have a two-part question here. So because associations, they're all different. They're all different animals, different budgets. How do you develop custom solutions for different community associations? The second part of the question is, it seems honestly a little bit complicated. How can you guarantee a response at any time? Because people use these things 24-7. So how can you actually guarantee that that somebody's going to be on the other end of that phone when somebody's in trouble or just trapped or the doors just simply won't open? Yeah, so a couple things. The first one, custom solutions in our space would really hit around making sure that we can address their elevator needs, their uh, AOR phones, like I mentioned earlier, their common area help phones. In some states around the country, they have very strict pool phone code laws. In the state of Texas where I'm sitting today, you cannot have a, a public pool open without a pool phone. It's a huge violation. So we customize our solutions for being able to address uh, pool emergencies, parking garages, stairwells, and all that good stuff. So, so to answer the, the second part of that question, I think the thing that separates us to be able to ensure the kind of service that we provide, but you know, this is all we do, right? So for us, we have an emergency dispatch center here in Texas. We answer the phone 24 seven. And the thing that, again, separates us is we follow a really strict process in terms of how we handle those calls. And our dispatchers are not allowed to deviate from that script at all. It's got to be answered the same way every time. And then there's lots of other features associated with how we do it. They're all trained AMED, which is American Medical Emergency Training. So we can help people actually assist them in an emergency in the elevator to some degree as well. Well, that is pretty complex. I've learned a lot so far. Looking forward to learn more. Now, as far as your innovations that can uh, be brought in terms of emergency communication, what does King3 offers that makes you different? Yeah, some of our innovation, again, probably uh, is some is feature related and some is just the way we conduct our business. So okay. just the way we're answering every call as an emergency the first time, every time, even though it may not be, because we know seconds count as a result of that often gets people in a place that's a lot better than maybe where they were when they first called and got entrapped. Then we have other things that go along from a technical perspective. So we have two-way communication on the device. It's hands-free. We're able to identify your specific location. And that's a big difference. Some people will say even at a pool phone, well, that's okay. Everyone's got a cell phone today. Quite honestly, not everybody does. We've had some pretty serious calls come into our center where Maybe their parent is passed out and the child comes to the pool, literally was not even at the pool. They come to the pool because they know there was a help phone there. So the way we answer those calls and to be able to respond to customers is critical. We also do uh, auto testing of the line connection to make sure that that's working. Even though we suggest property managers routinely press that button and make sure that it's working, we still have the ability to do some testing on our own. And if something's not working, we call the property manager, have them check. And if not, we're rolling the truck to come out and fix it. Well, that's pretty cool because I've always wondering, like when you see the old fashioned phone in the elevator, is that thing even working? I have so many questions. <laughs> How does Kings 3 provide a solution? Can you provide an example? Like, So somebody's trapped in an elevator, right? And you said you have very strict protocols about how to handle those situations and, and the people that are on the other end of the phone uh, have a very strict script. Can you, can you give us just a short example of what would happen say it's two o'clock in the afternoon and I'm on my way to a meeting and the doors won't open. So what, what happens? So as soon as someone gets in, in an elevator, so you're going to want to look for that help button on the elevator. You hit that help button. That help button should hopefully be answered within 30 to 45 seconds. We answer that phone on an average of, of six seconds. We okay. answer almost 200,000 calls per month. So that button Ooh. gets hit. 
uh, we immediately answer that phone and follow a, a, a really strict script, as I mentioned earlier. And we go through a protocol to make sure that they're okay. And then we have a call list that we, we follow based on the property management's preferences. One of them would be the elevator service company to roll their truck to, to get out there as soon as possible. Sometimes they can't get there as soon as possible. So there are times where we might just say, okay, everything's okay still, right? Okay, great. You're going to be okay. You're safe. Don't worry. We're going to get help. Is there anybody else that we need to call on your behalf? We've had some fun stories and scary stories. Now, do, do you have video access inside the, the cab as well or no? I love that question. Uh, so <laughs> yes, yes and no, because this is one is complicated. I'll try not to go too deep, but there's a building code, which is called the IBC, International Building Code. And then there's an elevator code uh, group that's within that, which is independent, called ASME. And ASME has now put into their 2019 code the requirement to add video to either new elevators and or elevators that are going through a mod in states that have adopted it. So not all states have adopted it. But right now, there's 20 states across the U.S. that are requiring that in those situations. The biggest difference, though, is not just putting a, a camera in an elevator so you can see people in there. It's got to be able to communicate with the phone audio portion of it. So we support that service. We support that video monitoring as well, where we can look into the elevator and then be able to also drive pre-scripted questions, yes and no, to be able to hit the buttons. Really kind of an ADA hearing impaired uh, situation that um, is really a good thing to come to the elevator space because not much changes in our space, but that's a really important one. Okay. Okay. Now I'm trying to figure out how to word this without trivializing what you guys do, because it's very important. People get stuck and there's some serious issues. There could be health issues involved. There could be like safety issues involved, but just off the top of your head, do you, do you have a percentage of calls that are real emergency situations versus calls that are just kind of not? Yeah. So we track that on a regular basis and that can vary, especially with the growth that we're having in terms of providing that service, but we're definitely north of 10% of the calls that we take in terms of real life emergencies. Wow. So it's pretty alarming in terms of the people that express some type of an emergency. And like I said earlier, often our dispatchers can provide some type of support around that emergency and even pre-arrival instructions. So if we're having to call the fire department, which you really don't want to do in most cases, because they're generally ripping those elevator doors open and making another large expense for the property owner. We're able to provide that type of emergency response to keep them calm and safe and certainly get them the help that they need. So here's an opportunity for you to build somebody up. We like to give our guests an opportunity to recognize somebody who's been influential in their career, their life, could be a charity, somebody that you just want to give a shout out to on this show. So the microphone is yours, Todd. Boy, where do I start? From a career perspective, there's been a couple of people that have been influential in terms of my development and very indirectly. Really, the group that stands out that's really continues to really inspire me is, is our call center. The amount of calls that they take on a regular basis and how they take them and how they stay calm. Their dispatchers really remain calm, cool and collected. And I don't think I could do it. <laughs> it's just a really unique skill. So I would just say as a group from a company's perspective, they really inspire me. Outside of that, it, it's just my family that, that really inspires me to, to be a better person every day and continue to sharpen my sword. Very cool. It's very important for a king in the night to sharpen their sword. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> anyway, well, thank you very much for jumping on this with us on a lovely Monday morning, Todd. It is now 
84 degrees. It's time to yes. go and get some refreshment. I'll yeah. see you all next week in the next episode and thought again. Thank you so much for jumping in. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Community Association Car Chat Podcast. The number one nationally recognized community association video podcast. Go ahead and hit subscribe to get the latest podcast delivered straight to your phone or tablet each week. And remember, you can watch us live on LinkedIn every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Community Association Car Chat LinkedIn page.